You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Well, good morning. It is good to be with you as we conclude our series on C.S. Lewis's The Screw Tape Letters. Uh, if this is the first time you're joining us, uh, we've been in a series for several weeks. Today's the last one in the series. Uh, and it's a, it's a book by C.S. Lewis where one demon is writing letters to another demon to win someone's soul. Uh, and it's through irony uh, and, and absurdity we learn some profound Christian truths. Our scripture lesson today is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 12 through 22. It'll be on the screens, and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. But we appeal to you, brothers and sisters, to respect those who labor among you and have charge of you in the Lord and admonish you. Esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, beloved, to admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all of them. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God. In Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of the prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, several years ago, Uh, While I was serving uh, another United Methodist church, uh, there was a church member who met me uh, in the narthex right outside of the worship space, and she had both of her hands on the side of her head, and her face was scrunched up, and her chin was was, was clenched. And at first I thought, like, "Uh uh-oh, like, what did I say in the sermon, right? So she's coming up, she's kind of doing this, and, and I said, can I help you? And she goes, Pastor, I've... I've been having debilitating migraines. I've been taking medicine for them. I've seen the doctor. Nothing is helping. Can you pray for me? Pray for healing. Well, at first blush, normally, yes, I I will hold you in prayer, and I will will add you to my prayer list uh, every day. Uh, As I do, I pray every day. Um, Because in seminary, one of the first lessons they teach you in Pastoral Care 101 is you don't walk into the hospital room and say, take up your mat and walk and be healed. This, that, they said, Ad, Ad, that's a bold prayer to offer. Never mind the fact that in Luke chapter 5, where we get that story, there were four friends, and they were bringing their friend to see Jesus. Uh, and they, they cut a hole in the roof. Interesting, you know, we're talking about repairing the roof with the trustees. In fact, trustees are meeting right after worship today to talk about this. Uh, we Christian pastors are very good at cutting holes in roofs, not patching them. So the friends, they, they cut a hole in the roof and they lowered the friend down. And, and Jesus said, because of the faith of his friends, your sins are forgiven. And of course, the Pharisees, they got really upset at this because they said, only God can forgive prayers. So Jesus, I imagine him being frustrated. Jesus, okay, what's easier to say? 
your sins are forgiven or take up your mat and walk? And the Pharisees have no answer. So Jesus said, okay, take up your mat and walk. And he did. In other words, that story, it's, it's less about a physical healing of Jesus as it is communicating that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. As do we, the church. After the day of Pentecost, the power of the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the church. If you bind the sins of any, they are bound. If you loose the sins of any, they are loose. Right? So it's a bold prayer to say, take up your mat and walk. But here she was, after church, her jaw is clenched. She's just, she's in obvious pain. Pastor, will you pray for for healing? So I thought, well, what the heck? (laughs) So I put both of my hands on each side of her head. I said, in the name of Jesus Christ, may these migraines leave you. May you experience healing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then one eye opened. And the next eye opened. Then her hands dropped. Her jaw became unclenched. And she looked at me both with surprise and a bit of terror. (laughs) Because she looked at me and she said, what did you do? And I said, amen. And we both left that moment knowing that something very special had happened. Later in the week, I got a call that a church member was in the hospital. Uh, She had had uh, hip replacement surgery, and the surgery had not gone well, and there was an infection. So I I went to go visit her, and I came into the room very high on the hog of my own ability to cure the sick with a wave of my hands. Very Jedi. So... I, I, I did the prayer that they tell us never to do in seminary. I, I said, by the power of the Holy Spirit, may you be healed. And I look forward to seeing you walk down the aisle and sit in your favorite pew. In the name of Jesus Christ, may you be healed. Well, I got a call the next day that she had died. Prayer can be a tricky thing. On the one hand, prayer is very simple. Like, for example, uh, I've mentioned this before, the five steps of prayer. Because, uh, you know, you've, you've been in the situation where someone says, hey, who would like to lead us in prayer? And then what happens is the opposite of a staring contest. Who wants to lead us in prayer? Like, I'm just going to check my shoes. I haven't done that in a while. So I've got a text here. Let me see. No one, no one. You know, and I, w- I want the people of Asbury not to even not even to wait for someone to invite you to pray. Like when you're gathering with your friends uh, or your neighbors... When you're at a gathering of people, just offer to pray. Hey, we're here today, and this is great. Can, can, I, can I offer a prayer for us today? And here's your cheat sheet. I've mentioned this before, but it's good to know. The five steps of prayer, right? Step number one is, who is God? Step number two, no one's writing this down. That's fine. It's fine. It's your salvation, not mine. Um, no, sorry, Denise is writing it down. Thank you, Denise. I appreciate that. Number one, who is God? Number two, what has God done? Number three, What are you asking for? Number four, why are you asking for it? And number five, land the plane with a good amen. Right? So so that prayer looks something like this. So who is God? What has God done? What are you asking for? Why are you asking for it? And then amen. 
right? And this looks like this, like gracious God who makes the rain fall upon the fields, bless this food that we are about to receive so that our bodies may be nourished. In Jesus' name, amen. If you follow those five steps, you will pray like a champion. People will be so, they will ask you, what church do you go to? That was amazing, right? You know, so at Thanksgiving, it's coming up. Grandma's going to ask you to pray. So, so be at the ready, right? So you do five steps. Okay, gracious God, who makes the rain fall softly on the field, bless this food, right? Okay, so prayer on the one hand is very, very simple, but sometimes we make it to be very complex. Prayer, fundamentally, is about being in communion with God. Prayer is about being in communion with God. Sometimes, uh, like last week when we talked about how sometimes we, we, we commodify God or we make God another commodity, another thing that we use to get a desired result. Uh, sometimes we use prayer this way, as if God is a vending machine. And if we just put up the right words at the right time, then, then out will pop the, the thing that we're talking about. In other words, sometimes we treat prayer as a means to an end to reach a desired result. And at that point, that's when prayer becomes another commodity that we use to get what we desire. Now, with that said, that doesn't mean that we don't pray. That doesn't mean that we don't pray for others. That doesn't mean that we don't lift up others. Prayer is about being in communion with God. Prayer works. Prayer works. And the way that it works is that it transforms the heart of the one who is praying. Prayer works. And the way it works is by transforming the heart of the one who is praying. For example, I've told this story, but it's important. Uh, I was in the Holy Land, uh, I guess five, six years ago, and I was at the Western Wall praying for my friends uh, and my neighbors and my church. I had my hand up there and I was praying. Uh, And while I was praying for my friends and my family and my neighbors, I kept seeing images of people with whom I disagree. And people that were, as Paul would say, a thorn in my side. So I said, no, 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 Lord. Lord, I'm, I'm praying for my friends and my family and my church. So I kept doing it and I kept seeing images of people I just did not get along with. So I changed my prayer. Oh Lord, may their hearts be turned to recognize the true gospel. May they see the light and repent of the sin of their ways. And then I heard, as clear as one can hear, I heard, I'm not trying to change their heart they're not the one at the wall praying. Uh, and that to me was, was uh, very real. Uh, and it was a very powerful experience of, of the point of prayer. Prayer is not just a way for God to do what I want God to do. It is a means of being in communion with God. Prayer works. And it works by transforming the heart of the one who prays. Misappropriated prayer can do... Sp- can do great harm. Take up your mat and walk. May you have the faith that you take up your mat and walk. And if you don't, what is the person in the bed thinking about themselves (laughs) and their relationship with God? Misappropriated prayer can cause great harm. And Screwtape knows this. Near the end of the book, the patient 
uh, has now started the habit of praying. Uh, and at first, Wormwood uh, is, is really concerned about this because he's praying we're going to lose him. He goes, no, 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 no. Prayer could be used to our advantage. This is what he says near the end of the book. It'll be on the screens. But since your patient has contracted the terrible habit of obedience, he will probably continue such crude prayers, whatever you do. But you can worry him with the haunting suspicion that the practice is absurd and can have no objective results. Don't forget to use the heads I win, tails you lose argument. If the thing he prays for doesn't happen, then that is one more proof that petitionary prayers don't work. If it does happen, he will, of course, be able to see some of the physical causes which led up to it, and therefore it would have happened anyway. And then here's the kicker. And thus a granted prayer becomes just as good a proof as a denied one that prayers are ineffective. Meaning, if prayers are simply another commodity of our life that we use to get what we want, it weakens our communion with God. Prayer is fundamentally being in communion with God. And prayer works. And it works by transforming the heart of the one who is praying. For example, Paul in Philippians, which is very close to our text uh, from Thessalonians this morning, Paul says this. This will also be on uh, the screens. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness, let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. <laughs> Do not worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication or petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In other words, it doesn't say pray. If you pray fervently, you will get what you want. Let your, let your petition be made known to God and the peace of God will be with you. Prayer works. And it works by transforming the heart of the one who prays. Uh, when I go to God in prayer, I have a, a, a daily rhythm. Um, I, I'd be, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'd love to say that I do this every day. Uh, but I am the father of four. And uh, that, that, that quiet time. And, by the way, my, my, my kids are out of town this weekend. Christy uh, and, the, and, and the kids. I keep saying the girls because I forget that I have a son. Christy and the kids uh, all went to Austin for my nephew's first birthday. Uh, and I was sitting in the living room yesterday and I said, huh, we have a clock that ticks right above the mantle. I'd never heard it before. That's how not quiet our house has been over the last three years in, in Bossier. Well, that was interesting. Like, wow, that's neat. First time I heard that. So not every day. Just confession starts with the pastor. Not every day, uh, but, when I, but when I do, I have a definitive rhythm. I start with Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. It's a fair place to start. And then I lift up names of friends, family, enemies. I lift up names. I, I just lift these names uh, up to you. And then I try to sit silent for 15 minutes. 
Uh, Some days are better than others in accomplishing that particular goal, but I try to sit in silence. And when I sit in silence, what, what happens is I begin to see faces and names of people I need to connect with. If you've ever received like a random text from me, hey, what's up? How's it going? You know, that's, it's because in prayer, I've, I've seen your name and, I, and I've seen your face. And I love it. Some, sometimes people say, well, that text couldn't have happened at a better time. And of course, if it was well, because I'm a Jedi, because I do, you know. No, it's because during prayer time, it is God's abundant grace and mercy equipping me to serve the kingdom. If, if I allow, if I sit and I open myself up to it, open myself up to this prayer, this communion with God, prayer works and it works by transforming the heart of the one who prays. And I'm not always good at this. Confession starts with the pastor. I'm, I'm not always good at this. In fact, this week, um, I was very, very rude to someone. I had a very short fuse and I, and I was very rude. And it was because I did not take the time to sit and wait and, and be patient. Prayer works, and it works by transforming the heart of the one who prays. And when I find myself not having that time, you know, I, I get gruff and inward turned. I have a short fuse. I don't listen well. Prayer works, and it works on the person praying, being in communion with God. Now, at the end of the story, so the, the, the story ends uh, right here. Spoiler alert. Um, this is how the story ends. But it was published in 1942, so that's on you. Uh, this is how the story ends. Um, Wormwood loses his patient. So his patient signs up to fight for the United Kingdom in World War II. And it's interestingly enough, Screwtape and Wormwood are praying uh, are, are trying to fight for peace. They want peace to happen. Because if there is peace, that means they have more time to work on the patient. They don't want war. So he goes and fights for war and he, and he dies in battle. He sacrifices himself for, for a, a larger goal and a larger cause. But, but more to the point, when the patient dies, he sees both God and Wormwood. But God was familiar to him, and Wormwood was not. And therefore, he walked with God into eternity. And that's really the question. Is God familiar with you? Is God familiar to you? If you saw God and Wormwood, which one would be more familiar to you? That's what prayer does. It brings us in communion with God so that when we meet God face to face, it is a familiar meeting. It's a meeting that feels like home. Prayer works. Now, I'm not suggesting that you go into someone's hospital room and take up your mat and walk because prayer is working on, on, on your heart. Sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's mental, sometimes it's spiritual. Prayer works, and it works by transforming the heart of the one who's praying. When the day comes, is, uh, is God familiar? Is God's mercy familiar to you? Is God's forgiveness familiar to you? 
Is God's grace familiar to you? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, we give you thanks for your gift of prayer. A means whereby we commune with you. Lord, may your face be familiar to us. May we recognize your work and help us to share that work in love and service to the world. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.